This is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host on ADHD Focus. I wanted to remind you that the show is not intended to be a recommendation for diagnosis or treatment of any condition for any specific person. Please consult your mental health professional or doctor managing your ADHD or mental health issues about any diagnosis or treatment-related information that you hear on the show. Refer your ADHD provider to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. Hello, this is Dr. David Pomeroy, your host at ADHD Focus, and today we'll be talking with Alan Brown, who has come up with some great strategies to deal with the things that all of us with ADHD face every day. Struggling with organization, time management, getting started on tasks, not following the squirrels. If you have ADD, you know that these things are there every day. Alan is an entrepreneur, ADHD productivity coach, and the host of Crusher TV at www.crushertv.com. He's also the creative force behind ADD Crusher, which is an award-winning video series for ADHD teens and adults. Alan was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, and he found that it was difficult for him to learn the coping strategies just from books. So he developed a number of these, which he calls brain hacks, uh, get in there and change the programming. Um, and he shares these on his TV show, his video series, and at the websites. You can get a, a great start um, to figuring out what to do about things with ADD in his free ebook, Five Things You're Doing Every Day That Makes Your ADHD Worse. And that can be found at addcrusher.com. Alan, it's great to have you with me on the show today. It's wonderful to be here, David. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, so let's start talking about some of the things around um, time management, for instance. And I know you have a, a good uh, guess, perspective on each of these challenges and kind of the stages that uh, you see them. Um, so tell me a bit about those. Well, I think that, uh, and I'll, right off the bat, I'll borrow a term from Dr. Ned Hallowell um, that he, he coined uh, screen sucking. And I think mm -hmm. uh, we ADDers uh, do way too much of that. Uh, and by screen sucking, he means our use of screens, not just TV, but our gadgets, you know, Absolutely. our tablets, our iPads, and, uh, you know, even movie theaters and uh, video games. And I think, um, you know, I, I always kind of say, hey, if, if you, you know, just kind of thrown up your hands and said, gosh, I don't have enough time to do all the things I need to do, which us, we 80 years, we never have enough time, right? We never have right. enough time. I always say, well, let me ask you, how much time are you spending consuming media? Um, because mm -hmm. uh, chances are, if you're spending three hours a day on media, that's three hours a day you can't be doing things that right. help you right. better Absolutely. get things done and, and manage your time. So to me, whenever I think of time management, I think of sort of self-management and making sure that you're managing the things that you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so how did that show up for you before you were diagnosed and then afterwards and then strategies to, to get it the best possible uh, that hopefully you're close to now? 
Yeah. Um, well, I, like you, uh, David, I, I was diagnosed later in life. I was diagnosed at uh, 36, and um, it it certainly explained a lot. It explained why I spent a lot of time in my 20s as I was uh, doing drugs and I was uh, actually engaged in some crime and uh, doing a lot of uh, alcohol abuse. And um, you know, there really wasn't any time management for me prior to my uh, um, getting myself cleaned up. And um, even when I finally did get cleaned up at around age 30 and finally got an entry-level job in, in the advertising business, I was not managing my time really in any uh, smart way. And mm-hmm. uh, I was just running around basically uh, what you call it management by crisis. Right? It's like, wait, hey, where's that thing? That thing is due. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was right. time management. I mean, and I know a lot of our listeners can identify with this kind of, you know, just constantly, oh, what did I forget now? Or, oh, my goodness, that thing yep. is due. It's better. Putting, it, yeah, so, putting out the fires all the time. Um, exactly. And, um, but then, you know, I kind of started to, to teach myself. And as a, well, once I had the diagnosis, I was able to kind of, okay, Alan, you have a brain that works this way, or rather it doesn't work this way. Um, let's make sure that you're accounting uh, for that. And uh, let's make sure that you are setting alarms, writing a lot of notes. Uh, I do a lot of, I write a lot of notes for myself and I set alarms in my smartphone for things. For instance, I said before our talk today, before getting on with you today, I had two reminders that popped up, alarms that popped up on my phone. It says prep mm-hmm. for uh, David, David uh, Pomeroy. And uh, that's just one of the little time management things that I do to make sure that I'm not uh, forgetting or blowing off things. That may sound right. like personal organization, um, but to me, that is managing my time better so sure. I'm not uh, scrambling uh, at the last minute to do things. I've found that um, many people use the alarms, and I think we're so used to all the bings and dongs that our phones make that it's easier to either, either ignore it after a week or just, oh, yeah, I'll get to it, and you turn it off, um, which, of course, I'll get to it means next week because it's forgotten two minutes later. And so many people are finding that setting an alarm as a vibration gets their attention better, whether it's ah. you know, one of those bracelet things or even the vibration on your phone. Uh, it's really hard to ignore your phone bouncing around the table vibrating. Um, Interesting. And that's going to get your attention, I think, better than just one of the noises. So that's... Mm-hmm. Um, a secondary strategy in the time management, the reminders, and I definitely think reminders, calendars, um, things like that are are certainly central to that self-management, which is the time part. Yeah, I call those things external structures or scaffolding, because yeah. you know our 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 brain is not equipped like the neurotypical brain to have all these things built in. You know, a really good neurotypical brain will have those alarms built in and they'll say, hey, it's 10 minutes before one o'clock. I need to get ready for so-and-so. But we don't, right. we don't have those. So we I, need to put sort of external scaffolding around all this mm-hmm. stuff. And as you say, whether it's alarms or notes or calendaring things or having a planner, we have to make sure that we're super aware that we don't have that equipment in our brain and we've got to have it externally. Right, and certainly many people, most of the people I talk with, 
with ADHD find that if there's a schedule that's externally imposed, I have to meet someone, or for me, I've got appointments and certain times I have to be ready, that helps. But then you're on vacation or you're between jobs or, okay, now it's the evening and there's no schedule except what I intended. Things tend to drift off um, and, and fall apart. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the other things, and, and this gets to some of that time management as well, is knowing there are many things that need to be done, getting started, picking which one's important, and then getting started on it is uh, a tough place for many of us. What kinds of strategies do you use on those? Yeah, and this is also known as ignition, right? That's right. Dr. Thomas Brown uh, phrases it. Um, you know, getting started on things. Um, you know, I, I, for me, it's kind of digging into what is the reason why I'm not getting started on this. And uh, I find that there are really three main reasons for procrastination. One is fear, okay? I'm, I'm, you know, perfectionism is this type of fear, right? I am, I'm afraid yep. that it's not going to be just the way I want it. So you know what? I'm not going to bother starting it right now. I'm going to wait until yep. I can figure out a way to do it perfectly or whatever. Or fear of some confrontation or uh, you know, fear of outright failure. Um, then there's what I call disarray, and that is I have no idea what to work on. I've got 33 yes. you know, yes. to-dos on my list, and when I look at that list, I get so depressed and freaked out and saddened by, you know, oh, there's all those things that I was supposed to have done last week. About it. And it just freaks you out. So there's that disarray and not knowing which of these things should I really be working on. So you just kind of freeze out. And as a result of that paralysis, you sort of go off and you will escape to something. Like, well, I'll just do this one easy thing that is not due right now, but it's easy. And then the other part of disarray is once you decide what you're going to work on, uh, you know, how to start it, especially if it's a big complex thing. And then the last kind of area of procrastination is what I call indifference, which is, you know, we ADDers don't get really excited about doing the laundry, whereas maybe right. a neurotypical will say, oh, yeah, laundry? Oh, yeah, yeah baby. Let's, I can't wait to fold all those shirts so perfectly crispy. Yeah. You know, I love that stuff. We're like, oh, laundry or oh, dishes or oh, washing the car. It's just, it doesn't have the interest for us to fire up our neurotransmitters. But if I were to just kind of take one of those to delve, delve into a little bit more, like the disarray is a favorite one of mine, because you mentioned, for instance, you know, being able to prioritize. This really is a big area where we get paralyzed a lot. So let's say you're looking at your to-do list, and it's usually probably more than 33 items long, right? It could be a right. whole bunch of things. Maybe you have multiple lists, and you've got a bunch of stickies all over the place reminding you of various things that aren't getting done. Um, and when you start to feel this freak outness, uh, and you're starting to feel a little bit um, uh, uh, paralyzed because you're like, well, if I work on this one, then this one over here is going to bite me in the butt. Uh, right. if I, oh, but I, oh, that's right. I got these over here. And, oh, I forgot. I got to get back. So, well, if you look at these and you ask yourself, if the gods of doing things only allowed you to do two things today, just ask yourself that question and then try to pick two. Now, sometimes that's, you know, that's hard to do, but you've got to put some kind of filter on it. Another filter you can put on it is uh, what's called the 333 rule. This was taught to me by a former president of the National Association of Professional Organizers. And she uses the strategy called 333 where you look at your to-do list and you ask yourself, okay, are any of my to-dos 
do in the next three hours. <laughs> All right? Because if anyone uh-huh. do in the next three hours, let's pick one of those. And then what's due in three days? And then what's due in three weeks or three months? That's a great, simple filter to be able to yes. put on things to get you out of that freaked out feeling of, oh, my God, what the heck do I work on? And too often, because you get freaked out, you end up just procrastinating and shutting off your ignition. Yep, and not recognizing the consequences of not doing it unless there's a gun to your head. Oh, my goodness, i got to have that done tomorrow instead of two weeks before thinking, yeah, that's a big deal. I'm going to be chairing a meeting. I better be putting in some time on it because you can chair the meeting if you start the night before, but it's not going to be as well put together as if you've been thinking about it and refining it over those couple of weeks. So the consequences get lost, and we don't think about those. Um, so, the, yeah, the three 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 rule sounds like a really helpful um, strategy. Right. And, and then the other, the other part of disarray is, okay, let's say that I have chosen one of these many to-dos, but it has to be that one thing, like you say, like, you know, preparing for a big board meeting or – uh, preparing, you know, starting a really big project that has lots of moving parts and or writing a difficult uh, a paper or maybe even a really tough email that is going to be, you know, very involved and tricky and all that. And mm-hmm. you look at it and you say, you know what, I don't even know where to start this thing. And that's another form of getting stuck, right? And you're going to shut off yep. your ignition and go, you know what, I'm going to actually put this off till tomorrow because I think tomorrow, by tomorrow I should really have figured out yes. exactly how to pursue this thing. And this is what I call the myth of the magic bullet, meaning we think that when there's a really complex uh, project that we should be able to see, all right, first I do this, then I do that, then I do the next thing, and then 3A is over here and 3B is over there, and then what will happen right. there is at that particular point, this is kind of, you know, this is chess playing. You know, Gary Kasparov may be, may be able to think 12 moves ahead, but I tell you, I can't think more than one move ahead. And yes, so yeah, I maybe a second. I, do, I, I get freaked, yeah, maybe a second, but I get freaked out about, man, I just don't know where, how, did, how this thing is going to get done, and I'm going to quote, um, Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King, I'm probably going to misquote him, but he says, um, you, you don't have to see the whole staircase. Just take the first step. Yes, so, yes, something absolutely. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you do just give yourself permission to just start it. You know what? Just start it. Set a timer for five minutes and just say, you know what? I'm just going to start this for five minutes. I don't have any expectation of success, let alone finishing it. I'm just going to start it. When you do that, and you step up on that first step, maybe you get up on the second step, now you can see more of the staircase, right? We, right. we and think that the insights that are going to, you know, uh, com- you know just absolutely unlock the keys to, to getting this thing done are going are to be available to us or visible to us when we're sitting here looking, staring at this thing on our to-do list. These insights only come when you are in it, when you yes, start. You go, oh, exactly. I see. Now that I'm on step three, now I can see how steps four, five, and six might go, but I don't know for sure. So let me just keep on going. And I might make a wrong turn, but that's okay. I'll come back and I'll make another turn. And this is a big thing that we need to, we yeah, need to, to remind ourselves. It's okay to just start and see what happens. Just start. And I've found certainly that sometimes we're – 
I've started ends up being step three. Because as I get into the idea of it, I think, oh, yeah, there are these other things that need to start before. I need to have an introduction to this part. So it doesn't matter that you figure out which is step one before you start. Just do it. Yep. Put down something. Yep. Um, yep. And then as the flow gets going, you can figure out, oh, this is really a subtopic. This is the bigger part I needed to do. Yes. Um, yes. And one of the things I've found helpful in that is uh, mind mapping software. Oh, in yes. Inspiration is one. Simple Mind is one that's an app on the phone or tablet. Or, um, and I use Simple Mind, yep. Yeah, it's great to put down one thing, and then you spin off parts from that, and spin off subparts, and then hit outline, and poof, it's, it's in the word yep. flow. And I think many of us with ADD, thinking in terms of major points and subpoints and just setting it out like that in words is really difficult. But uh, yep. the mapping visually, we can take advantage of our associational mind where we yes. jump around um, and people can't figure out, well, what do you mean we're going to be there? Two days later, they've gone through all the sequential steps. Oh, yeah. How'd you know we were going to end up here? We've gone over the mountain by connecting stars in the sky and come down in the right place. And uh, I, I think the great thing about the mind maps, too, and as I mentioned, I use simple minds uh, when I'm confronted with a really, really tricky big thing that I really have no idea where it will go. I just start a mind map. Is that it speaks to our visual spatial nature. We tend to yes. be visual spatial processors. We are not the type that can just sit there and do this linear analysis of things, especially just in our mind with, with no paper and pen. So yes. the, the mind maps just bring things into almost, you know, not three dimensions, but two dimensions and let you see shapes and other, the physical relationships. To, oh, this goes above that. This goes over here to the right. That is a, a great, great tool, and I encourage anyone to, to uh, try Simple Minds. There's a free version of it that you can use on your computer, and it's actually fun to use. Yeah. There's another uh, technique I learned in actually was about – something like a half-day conference on time management for time-challenged people, or, and it's called a focus map where you, uh, you make a central box that has vacation, and then you get four boxes around that, and one of them might be clothes. Um, the other is travel. What do you do for the, the house while you're gone? And then you mm -hmm. just, and you can lay this out just on a yellow pad, then you start putting items for each of those areas. And instead of having this big list of stuff that's occur occurred to you kind of in a jumble, you've got specific things laid out. Then you can take a different color pen and figure, okay, I've got to figure out where we're going before I know what clothes I'm going to pack. Um, then how long? Well, then I know how long to stop the mail or have someone feed the cat or whatever. So it's a way of exploding the list into parts and prioritizing. And if one of those boxes has so many lines you can't see around it, that becomes its own box, center box. Mm. You don't add more than four boxes to any one center. Mm. So it, it helps um, organize our disorganized mind that just starts thinking of all the things to do and makes this list that, is totally random and not 
um, separated. So that's another. This, this also helps us helps you remember things because when you put things into that visual medium by drawing yep. it out like that, it uh, helps you store that information uh, more solidly. Yeah, and I think that's one maybe advantage the focus map has. You can certainly do the same thing essentially with a simple mind, but it's I find it's different if I'm writing it down, gets into my brain differently than if I'm just clicking um, things on the computer keyboard or on my phone. Um, so yeah, There's it some helps. research that supports that, that actually writing with your hand uh, does process the information more thoroughly than mm -hmm. typing it or clicking. Yeah, yeah, it definitely makes a difference. Um, so how about avoiding distractions, whether it's the noise around you or thoughts in your head and keeping the focus on what you're doing now? What kind of things uh, you, help with that? Yeah, this is my favorite, my favorite topic for, for ADHD, but for pr productivity generally. Uh, because um, the, the brain hack that I developed uh, years ago when I was still in my advertising career was the, 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 if I had to point to one thing that really helped tra change the trajectory of my career dramatically, it was this. And I call it do what you're doing now. And mm -hmm. it sounds you know, kind of almost silly, simple, but I'll, I'll explain it. So here's the typical ADHD um, scenario. I sit down and I, I need to write this very tough email that I've been putting off because it's a little bit tricky, but I got to get this thing written. Um, and uh, I sit down to do it. And uh, then I remember, oh, that's right. I got to re respond to that text from so-and-so. So I pick up my phone and I do that and I turn that and I get back to put, put my hands back on the keyboard to start typing this email. I go, oh, you know what? Let me just, let me just check my Facebook. Uh, one more time on yeah. my Instagram and my Twitter. Just, no, just not really. Just one more time. Because you know, there might have been something that popped up in the last half hour. Let me just do that. All right. Okay. That's me. Okay. Let me come back. And then you you get back into this. And then your phone rings. And it's uh, you know it's your friend. Uh, but you you know you answer it anyway, even though it's probably not urgent. Uh, and so we and then something out of your control happens, like you know your boss knocks on the door and says, Hey, can you help me with so and so? And an hour goes by, and because you have allowed all these things to interfere with you, um, and, and the reason that we have been called, uh, uh, called away from that tough email is because those other things were more interesting at the moment. That email's not all that interesting. That's like hard work. You know, but, yes. ooh, but if, if there's a text that just came in, that's a great excuse to not be doing this email. Hey, I've got to answer the text, right? So this is a bunch of baloney that we do. And even the boss who comes to your door, by the way, uh, if it's not an urgent thing, you can say, yeah, okay, yeah, you want to talk about that? Great. Actually, I, let me, let's talk in about 20 minutes because I'm going to bang out this email here. Uh, right. We don't do that because we almost are begging to be dragged away from the thing, the tough thing that we are doing. So... Um, this is uh, the epitome of distractions, wasting our time. And at the end of the day, what do you end up with? You end up with this thing not being done. You end up more frustrated with yourself. Your to-do list has not gotten any smaller. And the person who is supposed to receive that email, they might be getting ticked off or whatever, or you could lose a sale, or you could da 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, one so, of those kinds of things that are the impairments of ADD. You don't get the productive stuff done, and then other people 
get down on you, you feel worse, etc. Right. And, um, and at the same time, you feel like, yeah, well, but I had all this other stuff going. Well, you know, you, you, you didn't. Because what you did was you, you sat down to work on something you knew was important. And if you really step back and looked at all the little things that keep interrupting you, or the little escapes that you choose, you could, you could certainly acknowledge that those are not important. But here's the trick. Here's the brain hack to get around this. It is forcefully labeling the thing that you've decided to work on as this is what I'm doing now. This is mm-hmm. what I'm doing now. And anything else that comes in, like that text from your friend or your quick thought that, you know, let me check my Facebook again, those are BS. You'll forgive my French abbreviation. But that stuff is BS that you are not doing now. You have decided that you're going to do this other thing, and those things can wait. So it's only by forcefully labeling the thing you want to work on as, this is what I'm doing now, and then telling yourself every time you get tempted, and you will be tempted, to go mm-hmm. off on something else, just say to yourself, and I do it out loud. I do it on an airplane. When I open my computer at 10,000 feet and I start working, and I'm working on a, a presentation or a new TV show episode, uh, I will invariably think, oh, they got Wi-Fi here on the plane. Let me go check this or that. And yeah. I stop myself and I'll say, that is BS, and that's not what I'm doing now. And then the person next to me says, excuse me, were you talking to me? <laughs> oh, sorry. I yeah. forgot I thought that was talking in my own head. But anyway, if you can get into the habit of doing that, just that little brain hack, you will find that you are able to hold off these outside distractions. Now, you may ask, well, what about when your boss comes to the door? You can't just say to your boss, hey, you're BS and I'm not Yeah, right. You know? no. Well, that's something that you would call important but it's still not what you're doing now. And again, exactly. unless it's urgent, unless the boss says, Alan, there's a fire alarm going on, or Alan, you've got to get your butt into this meeting right now. We need you. It's not going to be urgent. And there are going to be other kinds of things that are similar to that boss, but that's why we have stickies. You say to your boss, you know what? Let's talk in 30 minutes. And you write a sticky that says, talk to the boss in 20 minutes, and then you maybe even go to your phone and you set an alarm for 20 minutes. And then you say, now I'm going to go back this thing that I am working on, the thing that I am doing now, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what's called single tasking. That's another way yeah. of viewing it. Forget the multitasking. It doesn't work. The research has been done. Yale, Stanford, MIT, and other top, top institutions have done research on multitasking. You're going to be less efficient by multitasking, although you may think you're more efficient. But the key is single tasking. And I do like three or four single tasking sessions every day between a half an hour and 90 minutes. And uh, boy, I tell you, when you're in a single tasking mode and you really have decided the thing that you're working on is important and you want to get it done and you want it removed from your to-do list, when you get yourself into that brain hack uh, kind of um, uh, 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 status, uh-huh. Uh, yeah, mindset, mindset. Um, you can get so much done and not be distracted. Right, and I, I think that kind of circles back onto some of the procrastination. GM, this is difficult. This is someone I really want to uh, uh, work things out with, so I have to have it just set perfectly. Then you know, just start somewhere, and the yep. ideals will flow. But the uh, yeah, it's so easy to think, oh, I, I do need to, oh, and having warnings of when an email comes in, to me, is one of the worst things that happen, because then, oh, yeah, I, sh- I ought to check that, oh, yeah, I was going to respond to that, and mm-hmm. with every time I change to a different outlook or whatever, I 
takes me a while to figure out how to turn that off. Um, but that's one of the kinds of distractions. Or your phone bings every time you get a text or another email. Well, all of them yep. have a way to set a do not disturb so that you'd say, yep, for two hours, I'm only going to have alarms. If it's really important, someone can call back or whatever, but you aren't, it may be a, you set someone as a priority, but it's my son who lives in Michigan and he's usually not going to call me with some emergency. He's figured out how to deal with those things by himself, but he may text right. to say one thing or another that is exactly not important right now. Um, there you go. Hey, look, even if the Dalai Lama were calling you, um, if he really had to speak with you right now, he would call a couple of times and then he'd probably text you. And that's when you know, okay, something must be urgent. Now let me pick up this, this yeah. uh, call. And you, I, I tell you, you, you mentioned notifications, and I, it's a really key thing. On last night's show, we actually we, the, the topic was how to run your day like a, like a badass. You'll forgive my French again. Um, and we had on um, in the show, we had on a, a social media expert who talks about the many different notifications that you might not even realize you, you have set. Your outlook yes. is going to ding when your email comes up. Obviously, your phone may vibrate or, or jingle when you get a text. But also, Facebook has a bunch of pop-up notifications. Oh, boy, um, yes. Even if you may have a New York Times or a CNN app that pops up uh, when it has an important story or some breaking news. That All this stuff is just another reason for you to take your eyes and mind away from the important tasks that you have decided that you are going to be doing now. And the more of these notifications, you can just take, the, take a few minutes to go and shut them off. It's kind of like the habit of uh, unsubscribing from an email uh, chain yes. once a yes. day. Every day, unsubscribe for something. Well, maybe every time you see a notification, uh, ask yourself, do I really need these notifications? And let me shut these off. You would find huge swaths of productivity and sanity if you unsubscribe from something every day and shut off another notification every day. You'd have that, some freedom. Yes, that the notification thing for me would divert me from what I need to do because it would probably take me 25 to 30 minutes how to get figure out how to get to where I can turn the thing off. But I can certainly say write the sticky. And I like the idea of the sticky, not a sticky note app on my phone or computer, but a piece of paper that's sitting right there that, oh, yeah, I was going to talk to the boss in 20 minutes, or this is the idea. It's important, but it's not urgent now. It's not what I'm doing now. Right, um, right. And that's, uh, so, yep, there's a reminder. I don't have to keep thinking of it because, of course, our working memory is too leaky. That second thing falls out the back quite easily. So if there's that reminder, I wrote it down, I've got it there, I don't have to worry about it, that can uh, definitely help you stick with what you're doing. One of the other things that I'm certainly seeing more, um, I guess, publicity about, more things mentioned everywhere, is the, uh, the concept strategy of mindfulness. Um, mm. And there was a, a great article in uh, the latest ADHD report that uh, Russell Barkley edits about mindfulness and ADHD and some of the, the neat research with functional MRI to be able to show that people who are have developed this 
mental capacity of mindfulness are able to keep their neural networks going where there should be and the kind of distraction areas don't light up. Whereas with people with ADD, they light up all over the place. Um, I think that uh, I think mindfulness is the future of ADHD self-help and mm -hmm, self-improvement mm -hmm. because uh, what mindfulness is, is is really you're just hacking your own brain. And uh, I know a lot of folks that might get sort of a little bit turned off when they hear the word mindfulness or meditation. They might think of, you know, Aum and, you know, yeah. Buddhist monks, et cetera. Or they might think that, oh, you know, that's going to take a lot of practice to learn how to do that stuff, et cetera. And I just want to say to folks, uh, mindfulness to begin with is as simple as just knowing that the voice in your head is not you. It's actually huh. mostly your ego. If you just kind of shut up and listen to it, just sit down sometime in a chair, seriously, and just let your thoughts go and sort of try to observe the things that you think as you look out a window or you sit in a cafe and mm -hmm. see people go mm -hmm. by. You're going to find, if you actually you know, did a little list of the things that come into your mind, you will find that most of it is worries about the past, Worries about the future. Oh, I got to do that thing. Oh, I hope I don't look silly in the blah, blah, blah. And a lot of petty judgments. We all do it. We all do it. Just like, oh, look at that. Look at that junky car that guy's driving. You know, why is it? Or, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I hate the design on this coffee cup or whatever that is. And if you just get yourself to, as they say, be the witness more often, meaning just stand aside and listen to what that kooky voice is saying, you mm -hmm. can have so much control. For instance, this brain hack that we just talked about, uh, where you're going to do what you're doing now, if you aren't in charge of your own voice in your own head, you can't really do that brain hack. But when you know that when, that when you see that text and you think, oh, you know what, let me get back to so-and-so, um, you can kind of recognize that that's really kind of your, your lazy inside self wanting to do that. It's sort of like your ego. When, you, when somebody likes your profile update, that's a yes. little bit of an ego boost that you get. You get a little bit of dopamine by doing that. If you can start to separate all that crap out and, mm -hmm. and really start to um, focus in on the, on the things that are important, um, you will find that the only times that that voice in your head is really truly you is when you are creatively problem-solving, when you're being loving uh, or giving, and when you're being joyful or blissful. Those are the only times when that kooky voice is actually doing something that is truly you through and through. Yep. So give that some thought. And look, I hope that didn't sound too woo-woo to folks, but that is really the core of, of uh, mindfulness. Yeah, learning learning to pay attention to what you're paying attention to, and then Bingo. having a, a method of getting back to what you need to be paying attention to. Um, and I, yep. I agree with you. I think mindfulness is uh, something, a great skill that people can learn. Actually, I uh, one of my clients told me about an app. There's an app for that, right, called Headspace. Here's 10 yeah. to 12 minutes. All you have to do is find that 10 minutes, a comfortable chair, and hit start, and it takes you there. Um, so that's an easy thing that hopefully all of us can find 10 minutes. And actually, we've found probably about as much time as we have uh, for today's talk. 
Alan, I'll be glad to have you back in a while more and we can continue the conversation. My guest today has been Alan Brown, who is the creative force behind Crusher TV and ADD Crusher. He has a free ebook that you can find at addcrusher.com, which is five things you're doing every day that make your ADHD worse. And you'll recognize them as soon as you see them. Alan, it's been great to have you on the show. Thanks for your ideas and also the energy you put into helping people with ADHD figure it out. Great to be here, and thank you so much uh, for having me on. Okay. Folks, that has been ADHD Focus. I invite you to tune in at the next show when we'll be talking with another expert about some of the real story behind ADHD. Until then, be well. <laughs>